0: This podcast is brought to you by Boyce and Creations, a woodworking hobbyist making handmade wooden items and functional works of art. Check them out on Instagram at Boyce and Alt Creations. That's B-O-I-S-S-O-N-N-A-U-L-T Creations. Check them out. You are now listening to the All Things Good podcast. Welcome to the HEG Podcast. Today I'm joined by Paul Kowski, a YouTuber and video creator. You can find him on YouTube at PDK Films. How you doing, Paul? Good,
1: good.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, you're a Mainer, right? That's how. That's kind of how yeah, we... Yeah, I'm from... Uh, from Brunswick, from right?
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Yep. So now you're out in L.A., though, right?
2: Um, what's... kind of a hard question to answer i'm i'm actually kind of hopping around all over the country right now um i've been in san diego the past few years uh but i actually actually just recently moved to uh nevada and that's where i'm gonna be for the next you know for the foreseeable future
0: okay um do you want to just maybe tell uh, the people listening how they could find you you know your videos and stuff like that
2: yeah, for sure. So my YouTube channel is called PDK Films. I get a lot of questions as to what the PDK stands for. <laughs> um, those are my initials, Paul David Kowski, and uh, yeah, if you just search that on YouTube or Google, um, you'll definitely be able to. You know, my my uh, videos should pop right up.
0: Mm-hmm. How so? How did you like get into this like YouTube stuff? Did you just all this on one day? Like, so I've watched a few videos, and you know, it's kind of Nerf gun oriented. How did you kind yeah. of get into that? Were you just like, was it kind of a hobby? And then you're like, damn, this could be you know, something I could make money off of?
2: Exactly. So, you know, my, I'm 22 years old. Uh, I started making videos when I was 10 or 11 years old. And um, right now my YouTube channel has you know, 6.7 million subscribers and over 1.8 billion views. Uh, with only 124 videos, so on average, each of my videos has 14 million views. And as you mentioned, my videos are completely, um, you know, based off of like Nerf guns. I make first-person shooters, Nerf wars. I do reviews on some heavily modified, custom Nerf guns uh, to give people an example of what kind of videos I make. So, you know, during 2016 presidential election. Obviously, uh, you know, a hot topic in the media. and everything,
0: so I, <laughs> Just I a little a video
2: bit. Right? Called, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I filmed a video called "Nerf War: Donald Trump vs. Hillary Clinton." <laughs> uh, I, was, I think around thirty thirty something million views. You know, and it's been up for about two years now. I uh, just had two of my buddies. Um, you know, one of them dresses Donald Trump, one is Hillary Clinton, <laughs> and you know, they just duped it out in a nerf battle. We we had the video end in a in a tie. Because we didn't, you know, know what the outcome of the election would be, and we yeah, didn't want yeah. you know, we didn't want to piss anyone off. But
0: yeah, some people might go, uh, uh, might go lunatic about the the decision on that, right? <laughs>
2: exactly. So we tried to, you know, remain neutral. But yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in a family with uh, my dad was in the was in the Navy, and you know, I was I, I lived in California. That's where I was born. Moved to Hawaii, and eventually moved to Maine, which is where I grew up, but I had uh, six siblings growing up. I'm the second oldest, so, you know, we were all into, you know, war movies and the military and, you know, playing with Nerf guns, so one thing led to another. We started, you know, we had our own Nerf battles, and then we just started filming it, and I do say we because it wasn't just me. I was really the one behind the camera that, you know, kind of got everything going, but, like, you know, it wouldn't have been possible without you know my two closest brothers and then you know my younger siblings as well so mm-hmm. uh, but yeah in high school it, it kind of picked up and then I went to college and wasn't really making videos and they, my channel continued to grow to the point where I was like damn like if I if I take this seriously and do this full time you know I can take this to the next level yeah. and that's kind of what
0: ended up happening no yeah I mean I, I remember like <laughs> back in my like when i was like 14 like i feel like nerf guns were like probably the big thing everyone had like some sort of fancy nerf gun they were just destroying the other person with um uh, did you like
1: exactly and
0: yeah did you like find that that was just like a hot hot thing at the time and you're like all right gotta roll with it
2: well not necessarily i mean as you said like everyone you know every everyone's played with a nerf gun at some point in their life and i i often get you know, I mean, I, in the past 30 days, for example, my channel, you know, I haven't made any new videos except for, like, some brief little, like, announcement videos, but, uh, you know, 50 million views is, like, my average monthly view count. You know, I have over 1.8 billion views, all with Nerf guns. So, a question I often get asked is, you know, how do you get so many views with Nerf guns? How are they so popular? Like, how did you know? And that's the thing. I didn't know any of it. Yeah. Like, you know, I liked Nerf guns, and I started making videos with it, and... Um, back when I first started, you know, on YouTube, when you search Nerf, there were, you know, a few hundred results, maybe a thousand results. Um, so I got in pretty early. Um, but like now, if you search Nerf on YouTube, there's over 9 million results, you know? So it's like, there was almost a a renaissance with Nerf guns. Like back, you know, just 10 years ago, they were only spring powered or air powered, now they're making these electric ones and and they're just they're getting crazy 3d printing yeah. especially has reinvented uh the hobby because now people are building their own nerf guns from scratch they're taking nerf guns apart and putting their own you know their own twists to them so it's really come a long way in
0: just that you know relatively short time that i've been doing this no yeah that's crazy i mean yeah i mean Looking at some of your videos, we just looked at one uh, recently, like the one that was kind of looked like a Call of Duty, Call of Duty inspired one. Uh, it was like the first person yeah. shooter. Uh, it just looks like Nerf guns are at a, like a different level than when I, I was used to them, at least. Oh
2: yeah, trust me, the Nerf
0: guns. And in my I mean, you must you must definitely... see like, you must see like you know like all the the best ones because you probably get some sent to you, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't really i've had fans some fans send me some but for the most part uh, i i kind of shop around i don't buy i don't use any stock nerf guns so none of my nerf guns that you see in my videos are are the ones that you could buy in the store and well i mean some of them might look like it but all of my my guns have been modified extensively so if you see yeah. one of them even if it looks like a normal nerf gun or one that you can buy in the store it's been You know, purchased and then sent to. I have a few people that I trust with doing. You know, I call them like my mod guys. They're the guys that do all my mods for me. And uh, you know, I sent it to them. They they completely take apart the blaster, strip it like they literally strip it down, take all of the internals out, and then just you know put all this aftermarket stuff in. So it's kind of like a car. You know, you can buy a stock Honda Civic, and you know, sure that works fine. But if you're like you know if you're an enthusiast, you can take you know, take apart the car, you can do all this crazy stuff to it, whether it just be yep. you know, some external things to make it look cool or you know, internal things to make it perform better. So that's what I you know, that's what we do with the the blasters that you see on in my nerf videos.
0: No, yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean like so like what is your what is your average, you know, day look like? Are you filming every day or you know, some days you know, you get to take the day off or what's your average day kinda yeah, look so like? It's like
2: it's kind of it's all over the place. I always tell people, you know, I I don't really film that that much. Um I don't spend a lot of time filming and like and the, the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, my channel was created in 2009, so it's 9 years old. I have 120 videos. So it's about 10 videos a year. So on average, I I produce a video once a month. And you know, usually it takes a day or two to film and, you know, depending on some of my videos, I would add in some of my videos are higher production value where I spend more time on them like the Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton video for example, we filmed that in two days and then it took a few more days to do special effects and that one I added in you know, like muzzle flashes and And some explosions and stuff. Whereas most of my Nerf videos, I don't add in any special effects. Um, But yeah, I mean, an average day, there's just so much behind-the-scenes stuff that goes into it. Like, um, you know, more business stuff. I'd say that's about ninety percent of what I do. Things like search engine optimization and and enhancing the videos' metadata. Because I have videos that I made back in two thousand and ten that are still getting you know millions of views a month, and that's because I keep them relevant. I know a lot about how the YouTube platform works and how to, you know, keep keep my old videos in the loop and keep them surfacing so that they can continue to get views and just kind of boost my channel's little ecosystem. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot like any other platform, you know, Instagram, Facebook. Um, just normal Google searching. There's there's a lot of things that you can do to help your content perform well. So I would mm-hmm. say that's what I spend the majority of my day to day time, you know,
0: doing. Yeah, I mean, you know, analytics are kind of huge. What I've learned with doing the ATG stuff is, you know, when when people are looking at your stuff and why they're looking at it. Um, what would you say? Exactly. What, what would you say? You know, is kind of your next. What are you thinking? Like the big picture with this? Are you looking to just you know make money off every video or you got a big picture for it
2: well that's the thing i mean i try i used to try to have all my my you know my, my life planned out but now i'm kind of i i'm trying to take things and scale them down and, and look more in the short term um because if i try to make have a big picture and and have a long-term plan plan you know it's things end up changing and and it just, I spend so much of my time thinking too far in the future. So right now, I guess my plan or big picture is to just focus on the little things, not the little things, but just the, the things that I can do today. So right now, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in 10 years. I don't know what's going to happen in 20 years. My mm-hmm. channel might falter. It might, I mean... <laughs> Part of me is like I don't wanna be a forty year old making nerf videos but at the same time if they're if they're making getting millions of views making yeah, more I mean, money. If you, I mean how can I say that? Making... Like, am I gonna want to do that or you know, am I gonna change so right now I do enjoy <laughs> I me mean, you know making nerf videos. It's it's kinda a little bit weird every time I go, you know, get my hair cut and they're like, So, what do you do for work? I'm like, Okay, am I gonna just tell them that I'm in college? And you gotta just say a YouTuber oh, you like, at
0: that point, right? <laughs> or
2: am I like, oh, I make YouTube videos. Because it's like people, not that I really care, you know, what people think. But it's like, you know, you tell people, person's cutting your hair and you're just like, yeah, I make YouTube videos. They're thinking, all right, like, okay. But then little do they know, it's like a huge but business. I,
0: and- I feel like if you like say you're a YouTuber, people are going to be like, I mean, maybe not the older generation. But like some people will be like, all right, yeah. well, he's probably making some good money on that, right? Yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised though, like, because I've, I mean, I've had to explain this
2: to a lot of people. Well, you're totally right with the older generations, they, I mean, they have no idea. Like, they're, I'm like, I'm a YouTuber. And they're like, what? Like, what is that? Or like, usually I say I make YouTube videos, but then they just think I'm some punk, like, oh. Like, I mean, everyone makes YouTube videos, you know, so. Um, but then once I say, like, I have six million subscribers, then they're just like, okay, that's.
0: They, then they're intrigued. Not <laughs>
2: change their they're in, intrigued exactly um i just like don't really it's it's one of the things though that i really don't go around telling people uh you know if someone asks me brings it up or asks what i do usually i'll i'll i mean i pretty much always will sometimes though if i'm like just talking to someone random it's easier just to say like oh um you know i do like multimedia advertising because that's technically how i make my money i make my mm-hmm. money from Multimedia advertising, so it's easier to say something like. If I'm not trying to have a conversation with someone, then I'll just say something like that, and they'll be like, "Oh, okay, that's cool," you know. And I'm, but because if I say tell someone I, you know, I have a big YouTube channel, then it's like, oh, like, you know, you know, sometimes it could end up being a long conversation, especially if I'm, you know, just trying to like not have a conversation, or you know, <laughs> then you'll get people trying to pitch, pitch themselves. to like, "Oh, well, like, I, I have this good idea. Like, I have this." product or i have like my own channel can you give me a shout out and it's just like you know there's a, there's a lot of that which i feel kind of kind of bad being like no i can't do that but it's like you know i get i get millions of comments from kids asking for shout outs <laughs> to get all these emails and it's just, you know it's just not feasible and no yeah impossible for me to do that so it's it's interesting i wouldn't consider myself like a celebrity or anything like that but it's but when you have that much of a following, you definitely do have influence, and then definitely. When people find out you have influence, and they try to,
0: uh, you know, take advantage of that. So it's just something I try to keep in mind. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I get people that reach out to me all the time for H uh, E G stuff, and I'm not, you know, I mean, you you have more subscribers than than I do, so I can only imagine like the people just probably hitting you up, and you're just like, you are probably like. You must be like in an in between of like, do I respond to them because they're a good fan, or do I just like let it go, <clears throat> right? I mean, yeah, it's kind of yeah, where I'm at. Yeah, exactly. Like,
2: mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, like I love talking about it. Um, you know, like I'm stoked to be on the podcast and share, you know, all this information because like it's it is very interesting and a lot of people don't know. And I'm and I am you know really stoked and enthusiastic about what I do and. And obviously, I want people to know that. But of course, it doesn't. It doesn't end because you get, you know, you I get even just that's the thing. If it's random fans, just people commenting on my videos, asking for a shout out, like I just don't even respond. Um, but if it's like someone I know, I do get a lot of people I know. You know, my own friends, my own contacts. Everyone's always loved to slide into my DMs and be like, "Hey, like my cousin <laughs> just started a YouTube channel, like." Can you, like, give them, like, a shout-out or a boost or something? Or, like, can you? And, and for that, I usually just say no just because, I mean, I will respond because, you know, they're my friends. They're just people that I know. But it's like, look, I can't just, you know, if everyone, I just can't just give everyone a shout-out. And it's like, I don't even know yeah. your cousin. Or, Could it saturate or I'm, your YouTube? I'm, I'm, I'm fine with offering some advice and stuff, but it's like, nowadays, you get a lot of people that. They're like, oh, I want to start a YouTube channel. I want to start this. I want to be an Instagram influencer or travel blogger. I want to make all this money. But it's like, you know, the, that's not the mindset to have. Like, I started doing this. I mean, I made videos for years without making a single penny. And I just did it because I was passionate about it. I enjoyed it. And then later, that's when, the, you know, the money started coming. But, like, at the same time right now, don't get me wrong, I probably wouldn't be making their videos if i wasn't getting paid to do it. I mean, i i do consider it a hobby and something i enjoy doing, but like i mean, now i do it
0: it's, you know, kind of a hobby turned into a business. So No, yeah, i mean, i feel like I feel like a lot of people kind of get, you know, misunderstood because they're try they want to get into something because of the money, but like people like me and you, we do it because we like it and, you know, we're not making exactly. we're not making jack shit at first, and then once we start making money, we're like all right. Well, I guess I can do my hobby for a career. You yeah, know? and that's the
2: thing. It takes. It doesn't. It doesn't. If you have a passion or a hobby,
0: you can it monetize doesn't
2: take it. Much to get. Yeah, exactly. To, to get that level of like a stoke. You know, like I mean, because like I said, I was doing this for years, and then finally, back in my day, you know, even though I'm only 22, but like you <laughs> know, when I was younger, when I first joined, YouTube is relatively you know, young. I mean, yeah. It was launched in 2005. I, I was on the platform in 2008, so I was pretty early. But back back in those days, if you wanted to make money on your YouTube videos, you usually had to have around 100,000 subscribers, and you had to apply and get accepted into the, what they called the YouTube Partner Program. And more recently, they just let anyone in. Now they actually you know reinstated a, a cutoff. You have to have like at least 10,000 subscribers, but. It, a lot of people are getting mad, they're saying, Well, it's not gonna you know, like how can YouTube like set these requirements to to get monetized on my videos? It's not gonna encourage me if I have to, you know, make videos for a while without getting paid before I can finally start making money and it's like it's like if that's your if, if money is your motivation to be making videos, you're gonna fail. And, you know, a lot of people that have been on YouTube for a long time, a lot of the biggest YouTubers they started back When, you know, you would make videos for months, even years, before you would get accepted. And Mm -hmm. I remember my first month, I was a sophomore in high school, was 2010. I was first accepted to the YouTube Partner Program. I made $64 that that first month, May of 2010. And, uh, you know, you have to hit $100 for YouTube to even pay you. So I made $64 It rolled over to the next month. And you know, I, I, I hit that one hundred dollar threshold. And that to me was like, damn, years <laughs> of making videos. Finally I made sixty four bucks and I was like that's when it all clicked. I was like, I can make money doing this. Like let's let's go. Let's get yeah. after
0: it. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean that's gotta be a great feeling, you just finally like, Wow, I can actually make money doing this and you're in high school at the time. I mean, sixty four bucks is pretty decent for a high schooler right you can (laughs) you can just stroll out after high school and grab a sandwich or something yeah
2: i mean that was so i I never you know in high school worked uh you know a a high school job or anything like i just did youtube and you know my my revenue started increasing from that 64 you know in the first month to a couple hundred bucks and like this was like a thousand bucks and then like three thousand bucks a month. I think that was the most I ever made in high school, three or three or four thousand dollars in one month. But that was like I mean, that was huge money back then. Like like I mean it's still a, a considerable amount of money now, but like oh, back yeah. in high school when people are making, you know, working on weekends, making a few hundred bucks here and there, it's like to I me mean, just I was like, damn, this is unreal, you know. So
0: Yeah, so I mean yeah, going off of that, are you are you allowed to you know share kind of what you're making off the videos now? I mean, you must be making. I saw you rocking that Tesla the other day on your Instagram.
2: <laughs> yeah, I it was just a test drive. But, oh, okay, okay. Uh, I don't okay. think I'm gonna be. I don't think I'm gonna be getting a Tesla anytime soon. It's just not really feasible for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I don't really talk. I'm actually legally not allowed part of my contract. Is I figured, not yeah. Supposed to those, your ad sense earnings but it's like you know with my channel i can give you some ranges just and there's that's the thing there's, there's a lot of different revenue streams you know it's like there's youtube ads which are your typical ads that go over you know a youtube video uh whether it be just the the video ads that play before video you know some you can skip some you can't skip um then there's the ones that pop up the overlay ads um you know all these people always ask like well how much do you get paid if it's based on subscribers or how many views you get or like you know and it's to me it's like i i get just flabbergasted when people ask me this because it's like it's like asking someone how do you get paid like that works at you know chipotle obviously they get paid hourly but like but no one really understands youtube and how it works and, and basically it's and that's because it's kind of complicated but for me you know it's it's, it's just I always
0: basic math at that point, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, so I've said some people ask me, and I'm like, oh, I like I, not many people know this, but basically, it's not, you know, based on subscribers. It's not based on views. Um, and indirectly, it is. So it's based on impressions and 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 clicks or, or interactions. So say you watch a YouTube video and there's an ad on it. You might get a small, and we're talking pennies, if someone sees the ad. If someone clicks on the ad, you know, you get you get more. And um, so if you have, a, just because you have 6 million subscribers doesn't mean you're going to get X amount of money. If you have a lot of subscribers, chances are every time you upload a video, a lot of people watch your videos. If a lot of people watch your videos, then you get a lot of, you know, activity on your ads that are on the videos. You get a lot more impressions on the ads, and you get a lot more clicks on the ads. So... You know, that's why if I, I could have a video that has 2 million views, but if it if it has like bad ads on it, you know, they've got ads for, I don't know, like something political or something, you know, something that uh, my audience is, is younger, right? So they're going to click on ads that are gaming oriented and, you know, Hollywood film trailers, stuff like that. So if they, if that's why Google's pretty good because they can look at your search history. I mean, it's kind of sketchy when you search for something on, the internet and then you just start getting all these ads for it you know but that's kind of how it works so anyway to answer your question my monthly uh, YouTube AdSense revenue on my channel if, if, if I guess the best comparison to give you is like usually 1 million views equates to $1,000 which to some people that seems like a lot to some people that doesn't seem like a lot and you know some channels some channels are a lot different so for me you know, if I get a million views, generally that equates to a thousand dollars. But in some months, like the spring, um, it's half that. So a million views is about four hundred dollars, and that's because in the spring, you know, quarter one, quarter two, you know, that's when companies are—they're not really spending that much money on advertising. Starting in September going through December and the end of the year, you know, the holiday is approaching, that's when companies are pushing advertising dollars. That's when they're spending their big budgets. So so anyway, yeah, and then I usually actually make most of my money quarter three and quarter four um, because that's when advertisers are spending a lot of money. So a million views, for at least for my channel, we're talking like 400 to 500 bucks. And then the second half of the year, we're talking about 1,000 bucks per million views. And my channel is actually on the low end of the spectrum. You get a lot of gaming channels and vloggers. For a million views, they're getting like $2,000 or $3,000. Uh-huh. And that's because they're speaking English the whole time, they have better advertising rates. My channel, since they're mostly Nerf wars, where there's guns and there's sound effects, of guns shooting um i just get lower ad rates because it's not as advertiser friendly
0: yeah i mean um, definitely there's, I mean, nowadays there's so much
2: that goes into
0: it yeah yeah definitely nowadays i mean maybe i mean you know how it is the society people maybe just like oh nerf guns is bad or something like that you ever like had some bad like negativity come your way because of it or
2: Oh, dude! I have so much stuff I have to deal with. You have no idea. I mean, there's like this is what I'm talking about. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. So, for example, today I spent like three hours, like right before the phone call, the past three hours. I've been, um, you know, contacting YouTube, writing letters, explaining basically what's happened. The past like two so. So with YouTube now, since everything in the media, you know, with our country, everything's getting very, very sensitive. People are getting offended by everything. It's getting very, you know, politically correct. What can you say? What can you not say? Don't hurt someone's feelings. And and then also with, you know, just how hot things have been with, you know, the debate on gun control. Uh, Um, Me, yeah, I make videos with Nerf guns. So technically they're called Nerf blasters. So... Anytime you use, you know, YouTube, YouTube, obviously it's a private company, well, it's publicly traded, but you know, they're a company, they, they, they're there to make money. They, they can do whatever they want, really. So what YouTube is doing is they're, in a way, censoring content on the site. Now, this is kind of a hot topic. I don't want to say censoring, but basically... You know, they're getting a lot more strict with what is okay to go on YouTube so I have in the past seven days had four videos um, eight restricted by YouTube which means now in order to watch them you have to be logged in which first of all you know no one usually watches YouTube logged in like 90% of my traffic comes from and we're talking tens of millions of views comes from people that aren't logged in when it So I can see all this all this analytics so that already cuts off 90% of my viewers. If they're not logged in, they can't see these videos. And also, once they're logged in, they have to be over 18 to view them. Of course, you know, you can always lie about your age when you create an account. But basically, the reason YouTube did this is because they determined that these videos weren't appropriate for all ages, oh, which is geez. complete BS, Yeah. because they're just like all of my other videos. So I have, I have, to, I have to appeal. These decisions, which I did, and then YouTube rejected my appeals. So now I'm writing letters to some higher ups at YouTube, saying, "Look, I don't see why my videos are being age restricted and demonetized when there's millions of videos out there with Call of Duty gameplay, with Grand Theft Auto, and I mean those
1: those aren't yeah. age restricted. Those are videos that are literally people shooting each other, <laughs>
2: you know, profanities, suggestive content, language, profanities, all of yeah. it." So. It's it, you know I, I understand and respect YouTube's you know mission to create a safe and open platform. However, at the same time, I do feel that my videos are being unfairly evaluated because um, you know they have guns in them which are fake plastic toy guns. And you know anytime you use it, you make a video and you say Nerf War, you know that's going to get some flags on it because you use War in the title. If I yeah. say Nerf Gun or use the word Nerf Gun. You know that's that's another red flag. So I gotta be very careful about what I say and how I do it. You know, a few years ago it didn't really matter, but now like very very simple things that you might not think about you have to you have to take into account when you're making videos and, and you know, filling out all the metadata and titles and stuff like
0: that. No, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty ridiculous, honestly. Like I had a, a recent case too myself. Like posted a Morgan Freeman quote and someone like reamed me a new one on the page and they're like saying how Morgan Freeman was this awful guy. I'm just like how does anyone hate Morgan Freeman? You're gonna ream me out about <laughs> Morgan Freeman of all people? Like it's like a weird society we live in. I mean I can only imagine like your end of it because you're posting, you know, gun war type stuff, you know? It's just it's gotta be Oh a,
2: yeah.
0: It's gotta be just a yeah, half I, mean, I get it
2: all sorts of comments from the traditional ones where you get random people saying stuff like oh like you're you're an 18 year old playing with with nerf guns and toys <laughs> like first of all I'm 22 so I, I guess that's even worse but like the second of <laughs> all people will be like oh why don't you play with airsoft guns sitting now the thing is is I actually or I have another I have five YouTube channels and none of them are, are as big as my PDK Films channel, the Nerf Nerf War channel, called uh, it's called Wolfpack Films, and on that channel I I that was you know classic. I was gone to high school and I transitioned from Nerf guns to airsoft, and I I went through quite a phase. I mean I have, I have like thirty airsoft guns, airsoft guns cost a.
0: Airsoft bucks was a TV shit, shoot,
2: dude. So. I know exactly. Like I love ripping airsoft guns. We you have wars all the time at my friend's house, and I just started. Filming the same type of shit that I do, you know, on PDK films, like just, you know, airsoft wars, first-person shooters. But I would add in special effects and add in blood, and I filmed. I made a zombie short film called The Biohazard. I mean, these ones were. I don't. I've only made like ten or fifteen videos on this channel, but they were higher production value, you know, real special effects, blood, all that. And I, I kind of, I just stopped. I haven't made a video on that channel in years because. You know, first of all, it's harder to film. We've had the the police called on us multiple times. I mean, I'm from a small town in Maine, and, you know, people are pretty friendly with guns here. Like, you know, there's lots of people behind. Guns aren't, it's not like running around in, you know, L.A. or San Diego. You definitely couldn't do that there. But, you know, we would film in in the woods and, and like, you know, abandoned houses and, and old military bases. And the cops, I mean, multiple times the cops would come. People would bike by and see us with all these realistic-looking gun called police. Police are super chill. I have nothing but, you know, good things to say about those interactions. It's not like they, they came up and shot at us or anything. Like, you know, we had our guns. We saw them approaching. We put the guns on the ground. They came. They just asked us what we're doing. You know, we'd be like, yeah, we're just filming a video. We've got a YouTube channel. And they'd ask if the guns were real. We showed them they were just airsoft guns. That's the thing. Even if they were a real gun, it's not like we were breaking any laws. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we were on we were in the woods, we were on in, in lands that you're allowed to, to hunt in and, and to shoot in, and you're allowed to, you know, you know, have have firearms in. But, you know, these were just fake airsoft guns or, like, pointing them at people and stuff. But but anyway, I, I stopped making these videos because they took longer to make. They weren't really videos I could make in San Diego. And uh, also YouTube started demonetizing all of them. So now actually all of the videos on my Wolfpack Films channel which has you know a few hundred thousand subscribers and you know tens of millions of views. These videos are all demonetized, which means they're still on the platform. You can still watch them. You don't have to be eighteen or older or logged in. But there's no ads on them. Some of them, there might be some ads on limited ads, but for the most part, they're demonetized. And the reason for that is that YouTube, you know, advertisers don't want their video or their products and their brands. You know, reflected on content that shows guns and violence and gore and stuff like that. So it just wasn't wasn't really uh,
1: financially stable and sustainable mm-hmm. for me to make these videos with, with real guns and yeah. you Nerf know, replica guns and, and everything. So I, I stick with Nerf
2: guns, and it's so far worked out fine. Except for the past few days when I've been getting hit with these restrictions. But I'm I'm, I'm confident that I'll, I'll be able to get them you
0: know, repealed. Yeah. I mean, so one of our, uh, one of our recent podcasts, we had uh, a Netflix director on, he lives in LA, um, and he <laughs> was telling us about, you know, he went to some Dan Blizzerian parties and stuff like that, <laughs> which is, I mean, it was an amazing story. Uh, kind of, I just want to hear, like, you know, have you met any cool people through this process or like, what's your, you know, I mean, there's, there's got to be something that, through this whole process you're like that was that was cool to do what's kind of like your favorite thing that you know or favorite story that you've gotten to do through this whole thing Hmm. I mean it's Um, probably that's probably a curveball for you but yeah (laughs) I mean I've had a lot of
2: I've had a lot of awesome opportunities honestly even just the little things I think are really cool but like you know the big things I guess like I, I got I got flown out to Dubai everything paid for Uh, just first to be a speaker at a conference for like 30 minutes. I mean, it was like a four-day conference, and I got everything paid for. And all I had to do was, was, you know, give a little speech for like 30 minutes. You you know, it was more of a forum where people were asking me questions, kind of like this, basically, but just in real life and uh, in front of a crowd of like, you know, it it was called Digital Games Conference. You know, people from most of the gaming industry and multimedia. But it was just cool because it was my first time out of the country, all the way to Dubai, which is very different than America. And, um, yeah, first of all, that plane ride sucked, and I really had no idea what to see <laughs> myself into. But, yeah, that was just that was rough. But other than that, I mean, I was like, damn, like, I'm out here. Like, I'm in Dubai. Like, I never would have went to Dubai if,
0: if yeah, I never right? was yeah. given that opportunity.
2: <laughs> so I, I just think it's cool to be able to – get an email from just someone random that's just like hey I've seen your videos you know I get little emails from kids being like okay oh, hey, can you send me a free nerf gun because I, I put my contact information you know in my video descriptions for inquiries and stuff and I get a lot of random ones from just fans saying hey like I like your videos or maybe they'll send me a video that they made that I inspired to make stuff like that is pretty cool but then you know I get a big email from you know, like. The, the conference room to find me out to Dubai or I get an email from a brand that, you know, I I did a sponsored video for Mile 22, which is a Hollywood film with Mark Wahlberg that came out in uh, August. And they wanted me to do like, you know, high octane, intense, like, nerve first-person shooter that was kind of themed off of the Hollywood movie. And they said, if I wanted to, I could come to LA and film for a day with Mark Wahlberg. Like, I get to use him in my video. And, um, unfortunately it, the dates didn't line up and it just, you know, it wouldn't have worked out, um, cause I was on the East coast at the time and just flying out. So that, that ended up falling through. But, you know, to, to think I, I could have filmed a Nerf video with Mark Wahlberg is, is pretty wild. That's
0: insane. You know, that's dude. the second
2: time I've been offered something like that. So I, I get invites to Hollywood film premieres a lot. I don't usually go. I want to go to one of them it's, it's just timing like i said i'm even getting you know hopping on this podcast you know we've been going back and forth for a few weeks and yeah. trying to find a mutual time that works. and it's i'm just kind of all over the place but you know it's 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 cool you never really know what kind of email you, or phone call or text you're going to get with mm-hmm. you know an opportunity so i think it's, it's it's a lot of a lot of cool
0: things i've been able to well do. i feel like i feel like that's just like I mean, that's just kind of how I am is kind of sporadic and you know all over the place. I feel like that's just kind of like an awesome lifestyle. you're like, all right, well, tomorrow I might get hit up by Mark Wahlberg or the next day you know this guy like I
2: exactly yeah, it's, You I'm, just don't know, and it's I, I look forward and in the morning it's like Christmas day every morning, I love checking my email you know it's, and and also I kind of uh, kind of. Don't look forward to it sometimes because there's always tough, tough stuff to respond to. But yeah, it's it's cool. You just really don't know what you, could,
0: you know, what's what's waiting. No, yeah, definitely. That's I mean, that that's just got to be a great feeling. Like seeing like uh, you know fan inquiries and and then you just end the email with somebody being like, "Come to come to Dubai. Let's we'll pay for everything." Yeah. exactly. what, what was uh what was Dubai like? I mean. I've heard it's hot as shit there, so I couldn't tell you, but
2: (laughs) yeah. Honestly, I mean, as as cool as the experience was, I wasn't really a huge fan of Dubai, and you know, I don't I don't want to offend anyone, but I think America is the greatest country in the world, and you know, going to another country where you know we have our problems here, sure, and you know, with with what's going around right now with social inequality and gun control and and, and everything you know people it, it just really baffles me to see people complain about our country or to shit on our country it's like you go to, to another country like you know the uae dubai is is part of the united arab Emirates. that's the actual country so when i go over there you know they're they're you know a first world country they're you know established and everything but but they have you know you're not allowed to as a as a visitor, you know, even if you're from a different country, you're not allowed to to do a lot of things. You can't be drunk in public. You can't wear revealing clothing. So like as a as a as a male, you can't, you know, wear like you, you have to have a shirt on at all times unless you're like in like a designated beach or hotel pool area. Like you can't. Girls have to wear, you know, if you're not a Muslim, you can you don't have to wear like the whole headpiece and everything, but like You still can't wear, it like, you know, short skirts or just all the freedoms that we have in America aren't freedoms that a lot of other countries have, even established countries. So Dubai, another thing, too, there is, like, you know, if I wanted to bring my girlfriend on the trip, we wouldn't have been able to share a hotel room unless we had a marriage license, you know. You can go to jail for offending someone, for calling someone something, for brushing up against someone uh dubai is, is a little bit more westernized and and chill than the other emirates the other um you know parts of the uae you know because like there's another emirate that's completely dry like they're they're way more strict there so anyway it's you know it's, it's a different way of life but it's just not my way of life oh and yeah and i was I was happy to, to be on my plane. Well, I wasn't happy to be on a plane, but I was, be ha- I was happy to be coming back to America after my trip.
0: Because, happy to get the hell you know, out of I there. don't have
2: to look behind my back, and I don't have to think about if I'm offending anyone. I mean, you, you kind of do here just because people are so sensitive. But over there, you know, things that things that you do could land you in jail or worse, you know, so it's, just, it's it really makes you appreciate, you know, the freedoms and, things that we have in america that a lot of other countries don't so it was a cool experience just not a place i'd really want to go back to
0: on vacation like that no dude that's that's honestly ridiculous i didn't really know that much about dubai like dude the fact that you and your girlfriend wouldn't even be able to share a room together that's it's crazy, I mean yeah, that's something. Like, that's...
2: A lot of people don't know this stuff. I mean, I I didn't really know it at first. And I told my dad. My dad's a, was a pilot in the Navy, so he's been all over. And uh, he right now he, he's a pilot for he's got out, but now he flies commercially with FedEx. So he knows all about the different countries and the rules and regulations. It's like really, Dubai, you gotta be careful over there. And I was like, what? <laughs> I Google searching, and I found out why. But even on the plane, like they. You know, when the plane's getting close, like two hours out from landing, you have to, they give you these um, pamphlets, like kind of like little magazines with all the do's and don'ts and, and just things to keep in mind so that you have a safe trip. So they're just, they like tell you, like, don't do this. Make sure that if you do this, you, you keep this in mind and, and all this. And I was like, damn, it's like, that's
1: <laughs> it's
2: pretty bizarre that, you, yeah. think, you know, things in America that are completely fine could be. And you know, lands
0: you in jail in another country. It's just something to yeah keep in mind. Well, it's, it's like it's weird because you know Travis Scott. I don't know if you're a big Travis Scott guy or not, but it, in one of his songs, he talks about you know jet skiing in Dubai. It's like I don't really mm. s- I don't really see that being a thing after <laughs> after your story <laughs> If you're jet skiing yeah, in Dubai, I mean, you <laughs> must be getting shot in the in the middle of the ocean, right? <laughs>
2: Where is he jet skiing? I don't want to like freak people out, but no, there's you can totally jet ski there. They got, I mean, like you gotta like everything you do needs to be like you gotta be on your best behavior, and you just gotta make sure you don't piss off a local, you know. And believe it or not, only like I think it was like only around 10% of the population in Dubai is actually like local you know, indigenous, they're, they're the only people that actually live there, like 90% of people are either tourists or, or expats, like people that are from other countries just living and working in Dubai. But, you know, it's, it's pretty glamorous and it's, you know, I mean, a lot of people go to business and pleasure. I mean, there's, there's crazy hotels, there's water parks, there's indoor ski resorts, there's, you know, air conditioned like outdoor, like, fake man-made lagoons and stuff. I mean, there's, there's all this crazy stuff. There's, you know, you can go to the desert and go four wheeling. I mean, it's, it is a big tourist attraction, and like for the most part, I mean, you're gonna be fine going there. It's just like, you know, it's there are yeah. there are definitely some red flags here, and there definitely and stuff. But
0: yeah, definitely an area where you're just like, ah, uh, it's not like Maine. I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and like uh, you know, I like to be able to in America. You know, you can go out on the town. You know, with your friends, and, you know, you can, obviously, whenever alcohol is involved and you get, you know, you start boozing, like, sure, things, things can happen, but in America, it's like, you could be drunk in public, you could, you could be at the bar and just be, like, you know, a little reckless, but, like, you're not going to go to jail for it unless, you know, you assault someone or, or do something illegal, but there, just the act of being publicly intoxicated is, crime in itself so like you know while, we, while I did you know have some drinks while we were there and, and we did have a good time it was like you have to be like okay I can't you know party as hard as this, yeah, I would in the United States because if you know you could, you could like wake up in jail there or, or worse so it's just a little bit different but you know it was a cool, cool experience
0: yeah so what was it like what was the like culture shock like when you came back from Dubai it had to have been like Do whatever the fuck you want, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
2: honestly, I just wanted to kiss the ground and be like, I'm back, baby. You know, I get get back in America and I landed in in New York City, and I'm like, oh, so good to be back in the homeland, you know. Um, and it's just weird. Like, I mean, I was only there for for like less than a week, but it's really weird. Like walking around somewhere, knowing like you're, you know, on the opposite side of the world and like you could just disappear and, you know,
0: no one's gonna know. Well, it's like laws don't do apply. This. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's like a laws don't apply I mean, to I you. Got, I
2: mean, I'm an to like I'm an American, you know, and I know like my country's got my back if shit goes down, but like in Dubai you're so far away from your friends, your family, everyone who knows you and stuff and and it's just different different rules, different things fly out there. So and also you get you walk around and it's, I mean everything's different. Everything's in Arabic. Um you get i mean obviously it's in English too. It's not like and most people there speak English, but its it is the culture shock seeing you know everything in Arabic and seeing you know the local population wearing their their special uh I don't know what it's called their their outfits or whatever their headpieces and everything. You're just like, damn, like I'm out here like this is way different, you know you don't see that kind of stuff in America, so um, you know, I didn't get used to that. It was just like I knew every day, everything I saw. I was like, I am in a foreign country in a foreign place. Like this is not what I'm used to. So it was <laughs> it was comforting to be back in America. One thing though that was funny was out there. I was you know I I'm I'm all for the different cultures and embracing other cultures. Um, and I wanted to like you know get some of the local foods and stuff and and and, and, and I did, but it was like everywhere you looked you see a five guys you see mcdonald's you you know starbucks you see TGI Fridays. like you see all all the american chains subway all all of them are out there you know that's Um, insane apple stores like all so it's, it's actually pretty crazy to be like damn this is how much influence america has like you don't really see i mean sure here in america you'll get italian restaurants you'll get you know french restaurants like thai, thai food places chinese food whatever but it's like you know we don't have huge chains
0: here it's just it's just crazy to see how much of a presence america has in other countries you know yeah that's that's insane um yeah so i mean we'll we'll wrap it up on that i you know appreciate you coming on the podcast man uh just to wrap up everybody this has been a Heg podcast with uh, Paul Kosky, uh PDK Films on YouTube. I uh, appreciate you joining us, man. Yeah, thanks
2: for having me. I appreciate you taking the time to get to
0: you know me and my channel better. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll talk, definitely talk soon. All
2: right, take it right,
0: easy. Take it easy.